Cyberpunk 2077 is about trying to survive in a city dominated by corporate propaganda and entrenched criminal factions. As VU rail against this artificiality pervading every aspect of life, it's a shame then that the world built by CD Projekt Red falls prey to the same facade of ingenuine depth presented by corporations in cyberpunk as a genre. If it weren't for the audiovisual presentation and the spectacular moment-to-moment -moment character interactions, 2077 would be nothing but a mediocre footnote of irony. Based on the Cyberpunk 2020 tabletop game, 2077 is set in Night City and the Badlands that surround it. As one of the last major cities left standing after multiple wars between controlling corporations, Night City is home to massive monopolies, degenerate street thugs, and the every person caught between their struggle for control. For those not versed in the genre, you can expect extensive cybernetic implants, futuristic hard-edged cars, and an overload of advertisements covering every building. The history of Night City and the surrounding free state of California is wonderfully told through illusions and collectibles called shards with information on them. I often found myself lost in just reading the pickups that I found in order to know more about the world. The lore is engaging and interacting with it gives the player much greater investment in the overarching story and character motivations. Just knowing about the corporate wars alone helped me to understand everything better. Visually, Night City is stunning. NPCs fill claustrophobic city streets, neon signs dominate the surface of skyscrapers, skirting sands of the surrounding badlands provide a quiet breath of fresh air, so long as you don't get too close to the miles-wide landfill. It all pretends man's self-induced destruction through moral decay and technological worship, but if you stop for even a moment to actually interact with the world, you'll notice the severe lack of true depth behind this flashy facade. NPCs fail to react to anything properly. I would stop suddenly in front of a crowd and they'd go running and screaming, but many times, if I was in the middle of a rampage, they wouldn't give me a second glance. The police force is laughably inept. They'll spawn in and attack you for things that seemingly were out of your control, you know, like your car, and then forget all about you as soon as you're out of eyesight. It's really disappointing because I rarely saw the higher wanted levels since there was no true engagement. Time and weather seem to have no effect beyond occasionally blocking you from starting a mission because whatever seedy club you're supposed to enter is closed. Markers littering the map don't offer anything of interest and don't reward interaction enough to actually warrant it. Night City quickly becomes nothing more than set dressing for the much more engaging stories told within it. Without going into spoilers, the characters that inhabit Night City and V's story are all remarkable and incredibly likable, even when they aren't supposed to be. Every chance to build on a relationship was rewarding both in the character interactions as well as the individual rewards their side quests doled out. Everyone around V feels like a dynamic protagonist of their own story that deserves to be seen through to the end. I'm looking at you, Judy. Sexual content as a concept is relentless and pervasive throughout the world of cyberpunk, and it's meant to serve as a distraction from the ruthless, soul-crushing nature of working and living in Night City. But in the end, it's just nudity and sexuality for the sake of it. It's awkward and it's eye-roll inducing. But regardless of the romantic or platonic intent, relationships are absolutely worth pursuing and building them has a distinct impact 
on who V becomes. Missions are split between three main categories. You've got the main story, side jobs, and gigs. There's a fourth category titled cars, but that's better left ignored. You'll know all about the cars from the constant barrage of in-game texts that you'll get trying to sell them and pawn off some junker to you. Main story missions push the narrative forward through V's personal story of survival after a stolen cybernetic implant malfunctions, implanting a certain celebrity construct into their psyche. Side missions typically revolve around the character-based stories mentioned previously. Both main stories and side stories stress a false sense of time sensitivity that has no real impact on the setup or the conclusion of any of them. Any story-based mission can be completed at the player's leisure. The decisions made during these quests, however, have critical and effective emotional impacts that deserve to be thought out before committing to. Especially in the final moments of the game, I found myself sitting for about five minutes staring at the decisions that I was supposed to make. Crucial story moments can be completely different between two different players depending on the choices they make in the previous side missions, if you even played those missions at all. It really can't be stressed enough you need to play the character quests. Gigs, on the other hand, are quick, go here, kill or collect, and go somewhere else missions. They're forgettable, the rewards are pathetically scant, and when story progression gets gated by a $15,000, or Eddie, the cyberpunk currency, toll, 500 Eddie rewards doesn't count for much. Within most missions, the player is free to choose between the three main gameplay paths, guns blazing, stealth, or hacking, with the latter two usually going hand in hand. All three of these rely on respective skill trees that branch into various perk choices. Things like sliding while shooting, aerial takedowns, or expanding your deck of potential hacking methods are gated behind perks that could take a while to access. It's best to invest in two, maybe three skill trees seeing them through to their highest potential. It's unfortunate then that the UI, whether in the journal, skill tab, or phone system, is unwieldy and incredibly frustrating to navigate. Looking through the various skill trees and their perks is something I would highly recommend doing right from the start in order to plan out your character. But really, it's kind of overwhelming because it's a test of menu patient and eyesight stamina, more so than it is engaging in any way. Once you start your typically infiltration mission, you'll find an unresponsive and idiotic AI that often stands out as a shooting gallery. The gunplay could be interesting if enemies would interact with the player in any dynamic way, but they don't, so it's not. At the start, stealth and hacking are effective, but with a bit of investment, they quickly become broken due to the current state of the AI. Additionally, both go out the window as soon as V enters a boss fight almost all of which require strong reliance on the body skill for simple survival. Traversal, whether on foot or behind the wheel, is stiff and awkward. More often than not, unusual surfaces result in V skating across the room, past or into whatever their target is. Like the gunplay, driving starts off stiff and unwieldy, but with progression and some upgrades it becomes passable. Unlike the gunplay, however, it's never truly fun. It's both a blessing and a curse that the city is littered with fast travel points since you can skip the driving, but you'll miss out on the visual beauty of Night City. 
Before we get to the bugs, I do want to point out a couple of great things. The voice acting is all spectacular. I was never pulled out of the scene simply because the voice actor didn't deliver a line right. Also, the music in the soundtrack is incredible. I listen to it regularly outside of the game, and I even listened to it while I was writing this review. It'll often build from this slow atmospheric tension to this thunderous heavy metal soundtrack that just perfectly backs the combat. It really deserves to be listened to on its own. Finally, we get to performance. Cyberpunk 2077 was released for PC, Stadia, and all PlayStation and Xbox consoles. I played on the Xbox Series X and the base Xbox One. On the Series X, I typically only experience cosmetic issues. An NPC might go invisible for a moment, or a line of dialogue would be repeated during a conversation until that conversation ended. I did experience two crashes and unfortunately they were both during the final mission, which effectively undercut any emotional weight. On Xbox One, the stuttering frame rate, severe motion blur, consistent crashes, texture pop-in, and strangely long input lag made me grateful for my next-gen console in a way that I haven't experienced yet. And on the PC, I was told, it is running about the same with stable frame rates and very few cosmetic bugs, but in the end, also had a couple crashes. On Stadia, you have your typical minor input lag that you get used to fairly quickly, and unfortunately, some crashes earlier on in the game. But otherwise, frame rate has been great, and with the option to choose frame rate over fidelity, you can make it even better. Of course, PS4 is just as bad as the Xbox One, with some players deciding to skip it entirely even though they had paid for the game and just wait until they're able to get a PS5. All of these issues and experiences are of course anecdotal, may not apply to everyone, but it seems, for last-gen consoles at least, it's better just waiting a while. Despite the negative points I brought up earlier, I really enjoyed Cyberpunk all the way to the end, even with the two crashes. Joy found in a game is not predicated on whether it lives up to the hype or if it's completely groundbreaking. Sometimes a game is fun despite its flaws. In the end, Cyberpunk achieves what it sets out to convey in its themes. It acts as a reminder to not blindly consume a company's promise of some breathtaking visual paradise and instead to look to those around us. Those that support us moment to moment and realize they are where we will find the will to exist in the face of an unrelentingly oppressive present. Thank you for giving this audio review a listen. I hope you weren't looking for a number here because I don't think that's really going to be my direction. I'm just here for the informed consumption, you know? But if you like it, please share it out with a friend or on social media. Luke and I are working hard to develop new content, and I truly appreciate all the support we've been shown in the past couple months. You can follow us on Twitter at PressDoubt, where I would love to hear feedback on this review or any of our main PressXed Out episodes. And again, thank you. You're breathtaking.
It's a music intro for a review. Yes, it's a music intro with cyberpunk music.